Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and today I'm so excited to be joined by the wonderful Rochelle Neal to talk all about her television series, Three Little Birds. And I wanted to start by talking about a lot of the the kind of serendipity and connection that you had to this show and to this story, and in particular when it came to the fact that your grandmother had also made that same immigration to England and had written a whole memoir and a lot of details about not just the journey over, but her experiences when she first got to England. And I was so fascinated in terms of like how you really looked to the words that she'd written, the, the record that she'd kept, and really used that, not even just in finding your character at the beginning, but it sounds like that was a tool throughout production and throughout filming for you absolutely it's one of those things it was a very um clear sounding board because there are a lot of differences nowadays than it was back then so the way she spoke about the UK the way she spoke about her um experiences say with racism and and her thought processes around that is very different to my experiences and my thought processes around that so it gave me a very clear uh sort of a foundation to to a question my own way of tackling the character um because you know people don't know what they don't know so you know getting into the mindset of a woman in the 1950s you know what was available to her um economically and uh, you know the world as it was you know minus all the technology etc and the knowledge available to her at the time so yeah it was very very helpful um to have that to play with it sounds like that um, I've heard you mention some poetry as well that was also very useful. Mm. I was interested in just your journey into like finding poetry and other literature outside of your grandmother's writing that was useful and helpful to you as well. Because it's funny, like, you know, when uh, you're doing an accent, it's all about, you know, people just think it's the sounds, but there's a rhythm, there's a cadence, there's a like getting it into your body. And I, I find that the, the poetry that I really dived into was by Miss Lou. Um, Miss Lou Coverley Bennett, I want to say, and um, she's an amazing sort of orator, lyricist, um, and really captures the the soul and feeling of of Jamaica. So I had a, a couple of her poems that I would read every day before I'd go on set because they would just get me. I always I speak in movement, <laughs> but they would really get me in my body, um, and get me mentally where I needed to be. Yeah. I also love that the scripts give moments where we get to see scenes of of before she moved over to England. So we kind of get to like travel back in time a little bit. And even just moments where there's scenes where there's someone playing a younger version of your character. So we get to see aspects of her childhood as well. And so how did those scenes in the scripts really help you to build a lot of the, the foundation and the background for who she was? It was great, man. I was so relieved when they cast uh, the younger version of us. I was like, when they're playing football, when I read those scenes, I was like, guys, honey, like, how are we going to, are we going to put me in pigtails? Are we going to have me in saffron <laughs> giggling about? Like, how how is this going to work? And they were like, no, we're just going to cast a, a, someone who looks 15 sort of thing. Um, but it's wonderful. I think it's such a gift that we had in the scripts. You know, Lenny's amazing and very insightful in that way that we had so much on the page to play with. And uh, in terms of like building your character's background, there was just so much not only innately, because it's my own family history as well, but uh, we were surrounded by so much goodness and resources. And I always describe this show as, as if we um, like were cooking. Like There was just loads of seasonings and food and stuff that were sort of thrown on the plate for us to, you know, devour. It was great. 
And there's so much in, in episode one, there's so much hopefulness in, in Leah and the people that she's traveling with, because it's this idea of like, we're going to a new place and there's this idea of what it's going to be like. And then there's the reality of what it's like. And they weren't necessarily kind of given all that information and that detail up front before they made the journey. Um, and so for you, what was that exploration through the character of the idea of just expectation versus reality and living that day to day and kind of like discovering how it's not quite everything she'd imagined it to be at first. Yeah, and absolutely. I think it's a really relatable feeling, you know, it's that annoying sort of proverb of like the grass is greenest where you water it and like wherever you go, there you are. And I think for Leah, she, she was very much, it was a, a journey escaping a very abusive marriage, but ultimately it's it's up to her to figure out like, the, you see the characters really sort of blossom in their own right and they go on their journeys. Um, so yeah, it was a, it was very interesting, but also very, very relatable, even in a, a modern, a modern sense, you know, you see, you see these women sort of take hold of their own destinies and you know, wherever, wherever you go, it's sometimes it's going to be a bit shit. Like you can put everything on a pedestal. You can, any country can seem like the promised land, but when you get there, you, you have to get to work, you know? And, and I love that idea of just like, you know, she is escaping something, but she's also leaving something behind because she's having to temporarily leave her children and she doesn't know how long it's going to be before she's going to be able to bring them to follow her over there. Um, and so for you, was there kind of a constant push and pull between her of like, I'm trying to set up this new life. I'm trying to be excited by this new space and these new friendships. And at the same time, I'm still kind of drawn back and pulled back to my kids and the place that I've left behind, even though there's the negative that she's leaving behind as well. Absolutely. I mean, I've never had more respect for my grandmothers than I, I do now. And, uh, you know, my dad was born in Jamaica, so I I, I knew that, that, that women did this. It was very, very common at the time. Um, but to sort of live through that and in a creative way, like I'd just become a mother myself when we started filming. So I just had this overwhelming feeling that I think comes with motherhood of really wanting to protect your cub, like, you know, so and for me, I was away from my, my daughter for a few hours a day filming. So I cannot even imagine, even though I've had to now, but like the, the feeling of being in a completely different country, completely different time zone. They don't have FaceTime. They're relying on letters that, you know, will take weeks to arrive. And oh, it's just uh, it's a lot. Like I can remember when we finished filming, I had about a week where I stayed we were located in Coventry in the Midlands and I um I stayed in my digs in our apartment for like an extra week with my husband and my daughter because I just needed a week to like decompress because you you spend your like five months sort of carrying around this anxiety that she has that is so deeply rooted in her children that she misses like like the air you know so it was um it's, it's amazing. I have so much respect for that generation. I don't know how they bloody did it. I really don't. Did, did that personal experience as well kind of help you tap into the idea of, you know, even though she's not physically with her kids, like she's still a mother and it still informs so many of the choices that she's making and, and so many of the, mm. the actions of the character throughout the series. Absolutely. I felt really lucky, if I'm honest. I always think that like roles come to you at a time in your life where they, you know, make sense and and um, I wasn't surprised I booked a role that was rooted in motherhood because that was where my head was at. That was the exploration I was going through in my own personal life. So um, it was really, I was really fortunate that I got to 
get my hands on something like that at a time where I was like I I, I have a lot to give on this subject it's like I have I'm oozing I'm oozing motherhood and and love and and the sort of sort of primal focus that you have during that time in your life and and Leah as a character as well is is fairly guarded in certain regards because of coming from an abusive marriage and and having to kind of be very stoic in the moment a lot of the times within her own home. Um, and so when you were kind of looking at the history of that marriage and what that experience would have been like for her, what were the elements that that told you about who she was going to be as a character even once she left that space? Because again, it still kind of informs who she is as she kind of starts to rediscover herself. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's interesting when I, so when you first meet her, when I first met her, um, she's a woman in sort of deep rooted trauma. Um, and I, and I do believe it's a, it's a very um, interesting conversation, really, a, a huge conversation, really, when it's uh, like domestic violence. And I don't believe it's ever as black and white as one would think or even hope. And I think um, it takes a lot of strength to leave. Um, because I don't think necessarily uh, from what from the research I've done and the speaking of people I've spoken to about this, um, yeah, I, it, it's a bit, it's a big, it's a big, it's a big starting point for her and her headspace. Um, I wouldn't say she was a victim, um, but I think her headspace isn't quite uh, where I would hope for her as a as a person when we when we meet her. Yeah, she's in deep trauma and. Yeah, it's a lot. That's probably a terrible answer. I'm so sorry, but it's a very big. I, I always get a bit nervous when I speak about the domestic violence because it is when I speak to people, um, like I did, I'm going off on a tangent, but I went to an uh, AA meetings once doing uh, with research for a role. And when I spoke to people there, and I can remember just thinking, gosh, you guys are the strong ones. Like you're the strong ones. We all think that like, maybe I don't know whether people think this, but like, you know, my perception wasn't that I was in a room of people who were like, I'm really, really in a bad way. It was like, you guys actually are the the light. You're like, you're amazing. And the truth, the honesty and the, the conversations that you're having with yourself are just, you know, so it's, it, it was, the whole thing's been a very big exploration really in questioning my own mindsets question the mindsets of others and then sort of starting from there absolutely and and within that as well I wanted to talk about filming the scene where she drugs her husband and and kind of leaves because there's a lot to unpack for her emotionally in that moment you know even the moment where he's laying on the floor and she kind of allows herself to kind of like release some of the frustration that she has felt that she hasn't been able to express up until then because it's the one moment where she knows that he can't respond and he can't come back to her in any way because he's lying passed out on the ground um and in particular working with Lee Merritt Jr who plays your scene partner and your husband in the show because the two of you had history you knew each other you had an existing friendship and I was interested in just like how that level of trust really helped for a scene like that alongside having an intimacy coordinator that worked with you both as well absolutely I was so lucky I feel like we I'm speaking for Limor as well we were so lucky to have each other but we were you know it allows you to um allows you to dig and go to places where maybe you wouldn't necessarily go if you're still trying to form a a working relationship with someone whereas with Limor and I um, we came with our own history as as friends, so it's like all of that we got for free in a scene, and in and on the day we had so much for free, 
um, to be able to just go for it. And I think the take that they use where I slap him, I think I genuinely <laughs> got him then. And the kick, I think those two takes were, you know, you're working with a um, got a stunt coordinator and they're like, Rochelle, can you go a bit closer? Can you go a bit closer? We're going to do it again. And I would just, you know, and I would never, ever have been able to do that or dreamed of doing that if I wasn't like, okay, I'm, I'm with my bro here and we're going to get, we're going to get this scene. We're going to get the shot and we're going to, yeah, go for it. So yeah, very, very lucky. Very, very lucky. I also appreciate the fact that even though there's, you know, obviously heavier moments for the character that Lenny Henry's also written a lot of lightness into her as well. And it feels like the further we get through the series, the more that she kind of rediscovers that. Um, and was that something that you really found in her as well when you were first reading the scripts and just like, kind of like seeing those comedic elements or even just like kicking a football again and that reconnecting to her childhood? Yeah, I love that so much because I do think like Jamaicans are we're like Caribbean people, very joyous people. We're very joyous, and um, the humor and the the sort of banter and the wit it needs to be there. Like no one is ever only one thing, and I think often in life and just in general, you know, uh, people don't respond as you would imagine them to to trauma to. The sadness, like you need to find that joy, and, and it's lovely because we do see her blossom and we do see her get to play and sort of have a, a teenagehood that she didn't really get to have in, in Jamaica because she, as you see, is, uh, uh, gets married and starts her family with Lee, with Lee Mop, with Ephraim quite young. So, um, yeah, it was lovely. It was lovely and important because she's a real, fully, fully formed person. That's always important, you know, character wise. And I also love the the vitality of the female friendships and relationships that she has in her life. And with her sister, with Chantrelle, the two of you weren't kind of physically in scenes together throughout the show because Chantrelle ends up working for a family in their home and, and is residing there. And so what was that like in terms of building that sisterly relationship, but not kind of being able to, to physically play off of one another as much? So we all lived in um, in the same apartment block, like building. Um, so it was very... Uh like easy organic they're really lovely women they're really really lovely women I would say um it's my funny phrase on set but like the fish stinks from the head like if you if you if your execs and if your like directors and stuff are a little bit funny it trickles down and on our show like our heads were just great like everyone was just warm and loving and it just really the whole thing was permeated with that. So the girls are very cuddly where I'm quite a tactile person, which, you know, should, in a working setting, you need to be careful. But we were just all like, oh, we love each other so much. Like it was very, um, it happened quite easy and quite organically. Um, and it's funny because often on jobs, uh, it does tend to sort of mirror the dynamic of your characters. And I think ours did that as well. We all sort of, like I was the big sister and I was very protective of of them and, wanting everyone to do their best and to you know to do do the thing it's a it's such a rare opportunity that we had and it felt very very important and everyone felt that so we were all moving with that feeling and with that love and that passion for the project so it was good I love that and you know there's there's obviously also the close friendship with with Hosanna and and you have so many scenes with those two characters together you know, one of one of the central facets of Hosanna is just her relationship to religion and her relationship to God. And so for you, what were the important facets of Leah's relationship with religion as, as a result of that? Oh, it's interesting because um, Leah's very, very pragmatic. And 
I'd, I'd kind of call her like a spiritual atheist. Like, you know, I think she believes there is more to than what we see. Um, I think she, through her life experiences, has become a little bit jaded. And I don't think she would ever uh, pledge her, her future onto some all-knowing deity. That's kind of where I where I place her but I think she has a lot of respect for religion and for Hosanna and and uh, the, the the sense of community and solace that you can get from organized religion I think um but yeah the she I don't think she trusts anyone to look after her more than she trusts herself Right, because she's also been someone who has spent her whole life very much being a caretaker for other people. And it's actually really beautiful to watch her go on this this journey where she starts to let other people in. She starts to let other people take care of her. And for you, kind of like, what were the tipping points of the different relationships that she has where it's like, okay, this is, this is what causes her to start opening up and starting to allow other people to look after her the way that she's been looking after everyone else around her? I think it's gonna sound terrible. I think it's she just is burnt out. I think um I don't know how many episodes you've seen, um, but uh by episode six where she's lost her, her money and you know the wedding's nearly off and she's like, Oh gosh, this is just you know, I'm working in a factory, I've got my kids are a gazillion miles away and everything is just falling apart, like it's too hard, it's too cold. And I think um yeah, I think we see her just burn out. She starts hallucinating. She starts, it's like a, something has to give. Um, and and then that's when I think you see her suddenly, you know, she asks Shelton for help. And she's like, hey, can you can you help me? I need help. Um, and that is um, probably one of the bravest things she does. You know, this woman's, you know, pushing cars and stuff. But I do think the, the bravest thing she does is, is ask for help. Yeah, it was big for her. Absolutely. And, you know, with with that space of when she's burnt out and the hallucinations are starting to come, what what was the dynamic for you in terms of just filming those scenes and filming those moments where she's envisioning that her children are standing in front of her and she's trying to tell them, like, I'm just trying to do my best? Mm, That was my last day of filming. (laughs) Um, what a way to go out I was like you know we were like I'm so emotionally spent and everyone's like okay well bye you're like bye I need to lie down um it was yeah it was a thing it was a moment and it was lovely I, I feel like the schedule um really helped me out um in terms of you know where I like I, I managed to just get everything out that day Anything else that I was holding on to, any fear or anxiety or, or you know, it was a very, as an actor, gosh, I sound so like self-indulgent, but it was, it was a really nice release to be able to just run through a park and let it out, <laughs> you know. But I, I love that on the other side of things as well, towards the end of filming that you got to do kind of like a big group scene where it's like they bought in re- the real cocktails, they had the real food <laughs> and it really just lent into the authenticity of the camaraderie that you guys had all built at that point. Um, and so so what was what was that space of really being able to just kind of like lean into a scene in that way? It was joyous because we had more or less every character that had been in the show on set at some point that, that week. So we got to really give everyone a good send off um, we bought crates of beer for all the crew. It was it was joyous. The, the schedule, James Mountain, our first, just he nailed that. He really did. Um, yeah, it helps. It really does help. And it's rare that that happens. Often in shows, um, 
you know, it's the the, the, the most important scene suddenly is day one and you're like, great, I'm finding my feet on this set and I'm doing my my pivotal, my character's one pivotal moment. But um, this show seemed to really sort of lend itself. Obviously, you have to be aware of locations, but it really lent itself to uh, helping us actors out. It was nice. And it sounds like at the beginning of production that there there was time to have a few rehearsals. And so during that rehearsal period, what were some of the details that you really wanted to figure out or kind of flesh out or questions that you wanted to ask about your character? So we had, for me, it was her physicality. It was, um, you know, get really getting into my body. I had to really feel sort of in my body and we had a movement coach come and and work with us and we practiced sort of how we would walk how we would sit how I would place my hands how I would all those sort of details because obviously as a modern woman I'd maybe you can't see my legs but like you know I'd maybe sit like with my legs apart and things like that but that just wouldn't happen in the in the 1950s you know and um, Leah is also a, a, an incredible hard physical worker back in Jamaica like she's milking cows she's plowing the field she's so I just really wanted to make sure I I had her in my body um, yeah that that was the that was sort of a big for rehearsals for me it was yeah just feeling physical in my space feeling like physical with the people around me um Gosh, I really do talk in movements. It's so, it's good it's on camera because I'd be like, and like, you know, it's like. Geez. You'd be like, I'm shaking my shoulders here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, when it came to working with, with Charles McDougall, who directed the first couple of episodes, I, I love the fact that he kind of really encouraged you to feel comfortable just taking up the space that you needed as the character, but also kind of as yourself and as number one on the call sheet. And so how did that really help you to just like lean into the process and the experience? Gosh, Charles, I could, I would work with that man every day of my life if I could. We were so lucky. All our directors were amazing, but I... I, uh, yeah, so lucky. I've literally asked him if I can shadow him in years to come. Like if I ever go into directing, I'm like, I will sit with you and just make you tea for <laughs> throughout your entire films and just watch and learn. Because, you know, it's sometimes you work with directors that make you feel like, um, you sort of described it like going to the gym. Like that man doesn't miss a beat and you you work, you really get the scenes out. You do multiple, multiple takes. Um, and he really pushes you to to not take any beat for granted, not take any moment for granted. And it was a really, uh, you know, we hit the, the the ground running. Like it was a really lovely start. And he gave me, oh God, I'm getting emotional. But he did, he, uh, this it was my first job as like, you know, it's a it's a three-hander, we're called the Three Little Birds, but it was my first job as, as, as number one on the call sheet. And that does come with a responsibility to the show bigger than your own role you know and I felt that um immensely and dearly and Charles really really um gosh I feel a bit emotional talking about him but um he really gave me a seat at the table he really did and um encouraged me to believe in my own uh, ability and and yeah like Rochelle you've got something to offer and he fought for me to be cast you know and that that is oh look your tape up <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my eyes are terrible. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, he really fought for me to even be cast. So I owe I owe him 
a lot, a huge, huge debt, you know, highlight, a massive highlight of working uh, on this job. Yeah. Gosh, I'm actually really embarrassed that he's going to see that I've said all this. I'm going to message him after like, okay, so I love you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's the most British thing ever to compliment someone and then be embarrassed that they might know that you did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's like the banter. It's like, if you like someone, you tease them. You don't say like, like, like So it's like, he's terrible and I hate him so yeah, much. Yeah, he's all right. Like, like, yeah. I mean, w- with that dynamic of, of being number one on, on the call sheet as well, and just kind of the responsibility that you were talking about that comes with it, it's also that, that difference between you're not always the person going to other people with questions. You also now have people coming to you with questions. Um, mm. And I, I loved hearing something that you said about, you found that you just like innately knew the answers to a lot of things. And so I wanted to ask you about just that experience in that moment and some of the things that you realized that maybe nobody had asked you those questions before, but things that you just suddenly realized, I intrinsically know this from all the experience that I have at this point. Yeah, I mean, wow, it was such a good feeling. And And don't get me wrong, like I don't, I'm like not like all seeing <laughs> like you know but it was it was it was a really nice feeling where I was like I I do know the answer to this I do know how the the shots and the the angles and where our light is and what the the process how we're going to work throughout rehearsals and uh, the people to go to the chain of command the like you know uh, little things really um you know, I, someone asked me, you know, what does 10-1 mean? And that's like, we need to go to, you need to go to the loo or so, just little, very little things and some, maybe not so. But yeah, it felt, oh, I just feel, I think maybe it's the Brit in me personality. I feel like a dick for even having said that. But it, it was, it was true. It was nice to know that uh, I am capable of doing my job, which again sounds ridiculous to say, but it, until you're in that situation, maybe you don't. You just you're just doing it. You don't really question what you're doing. Um, so yeah, it was nice to work with people who maybe were like, "Hey, I've never done this before, and can you can you give me a hand?" And it's like, yeah, that's a bloody loser, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I love that oh. <laughs> you're so embarrassed at complimenting yourself. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's like I'm, I'm sweating. <laughs> I'm sweating. And I I love that it was such a great experience for you in 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 terms of making this show and really really loved your performance. So thank you so much for talking about this. I really appreciate it, Rochelle. Oh gosh, thank you so much. Thank you.